Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the 18. Best car ahead here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Hey everybody, I am TJ Majors, spotter of the 88 Cup Car, the 7 Xfinity Car, and the 29 Pickup Truck. Brett Griffin, spotter, Clint Boyer, Elliot Sadler. I do Mike Snyder in trucks every now and then. That counts, whatever. Yep, yep. I love Myatt. it. I lo- That's a cool name, That's right? That's an interesting name. It's <clears throat> unique. Yeah. Our lovely co-host. Hey guys, it's KB, and we're here in the Exalta Studios. And Mike Davis is here too, <laughs> crouching behind the... Uh, Kind of <laughs> creeping out. The desk. Because this is live on something. Periscope or Facebook, no. Something. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're bringing this thing. We're actually adding video footage to the greatness of the we're show. We're providing content to the masses. Yeah. This is going to be big. Millions. So we're coming off of um, the very moist Richmond. <laughs> this, will get, this will get higher rating. <laughs> this will get. That's, that's a descriptive it's word. It's a descriptive word of how <laughs> flipping hot it was. I thought you was, didn't like that word. No girl likes that word. If, if I own it, then maybe I don't know. But it was if you say it, it's hot. okay. It was so oh gross. really? So if that, that's you know how although standard I women. I will I know. say Amanda Sadler did look up to the spotter stand at pre race and said, "I feel so bad for Brett." Yeah. Because I was already drenched at that point from sweat, and then she looked up and she that said, "That must feel bad be for why Brett. she had me a twelve pack of Michelob Ultra on ice for after the race." <laughs> well, yeah, just because I just the poured them all on me. I was just like, <laughs> it was hot, but it wasn't like. No. Like Daytona, July, Kentucky. Huh? <laughs> yeah, Kentucky. How about Kentucky? Yeah. Oh, my I, God. Iowa moist. Oh. <laughs> I was so disgusting. Kentucky's <laughs> hot. Oh, boy. Alrighty. Anyways, it was hot. A lot went on with both of your drivers. Crazy weekend. Both, yeah. Both Xfinity and Cup. Yeah. It was, uh, um, yeah. I, I had a great books. weekend until Sunday started. <laughs> crazy mm. weekend. It was crazy. I love what Richmond. To your watch is that supposed to be like that? That no, looks like a rubber band. I broke it, and so I used one of my little girls' hair ties. Hair ties <laughs> to engineer it. You're like MacGyver. It's called redneck this, uh, engineering, right here. I got this new Apple see-through watch. <laughs> wow, <laughs> look at that! That's look awesome. At that tan. I know. I like that. Yeah. See I don't some. understand why you wear the watch and then you don't wear it. Like you're gonna replace the tan and he does it so you're up on the spotter stand wearing he, your watch and your outside. wedding ring and then today you just have the um the suntan I even watch it back the up during the week oh yeah I by staying it. inside playing madden <laughs> <laughs> they um I, I i don't really use my watch at the racetrack really i don't use it a lot during the week i use it at the Nowhere racetrack 
Well, I use it for, honestly, I use it for timing and stuff like that, like your alarms and stuff for qualifying and stuff. I'll set it and I just, okay, we got a minute 30 left, and it's just convenient. But anyway, so Richmond. Richmond. How was your Saturday? Mine? Yeah. Not stellar. It was wonderful until <laughs> we just start making up, you know? Then it kind of goes downhill from that. So, <clears throat> it was crazy. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Richmond's a, Richmond, people don't realize how fast Richmond is to be a short track. I mean, it's probably, oh, it's fast. you know, to be not high bank like Bristol, but, I mean, it is a super fast racetrack. It is really fast. But it's even even when uh, – I, I really like the speed difference when they're when it's really hot and slick and they're slowed way down. Somebody short pitch or something. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Um, it's still a great racetrack. They I, were all over the place. I gotta say the thing that surprised me the most is the <clears> number <throat> of restarts that we had, the number of collisions that I saw, the number of people hitting the wall, mm -hmm. and they still managed to save the race cars. Like yes, yeah. we would ultimately see a yellow from a guy having his tire cut down, but. When they would slam each other together, and I'm thinking they're wrecking. I mean, we hit Casey Kane on the front stretch on Sunday, and I was like, man, we're turning him around at a 180. And everybody saves it, and everybody keeps going. Like, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, this rules package, you can gather your stuff up and keep going, you know? I saw a lot of four wide that I didn't think I would normally see. Ever. And, and honestly, I didn't think they were going to make it through turn one. I was watching turn one a lot, waiting for them to wreck up there. They never did. No. So, uh, I mean, that's good racing. I thought it was good racing. Very entertaining. Yeah. Very entertaining to the point that we just throw yellows for no reason still. Oh, statement. man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are we, going, are, we get, are we getting back to that here in a minute? We're, We're going to get, get back to, to it. Okay. Solid. It's a big go. topic. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Spot on, spot off, gents. Let's do it. Ready? TJ, we'll go first with you. Yes. Boss Man Dale starts the silly season. Uh, <laughs> spot off for hanging me dry. but. <laughs> <laughs> the thing um, is, a week before we said silly season's about to get going. Yeah. Well, I didn't know at the time. Obviously, I don't. I'm sure Mike Davis, you know, texted you or somebody told you, but we didn't know <laughs> it was getting all hell was getting ready to break loose. So nonetheless, boom, there it is. Yeah, the biggest news possibly of the season. I don't know how else you. You can... guys made People.com within like an hour. No, it's not. <laughs> and that's celebrity yeah. news. It's not you guys. It's one guy. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's not you guys. Hey so, guys. Yeah, uh, you know, spot on though. Um, people that know Dell Jr. and see him daily, this is the best state that I've ever seen him in. Um, he's happy, except for when the car's not handling. He's a little, uh, you know, um, he's a whiny little brat. Um, wow! After the race, when he did his, um, when you guys were driving, well, you were driving. Oh, he's so happy. What was he I eating? am still. He kept picking stuff out of his teeth. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But those periscopes after the race, he's always, oh, hey, everybody, race over. Hey, I'm happy. Do you not remember what you said to me an hour and a half ago? Yeah, we're, I'm still mad at that, just about, so you know. How about what he said to you during qualifying? Yeah. So, uh, sorry for doing my job. You must be the other guy, you yeah. know. <laughs> like, TJ's job is to give Dell Jr. information. And then what Dell Jr. does with it is up to him. And he says, F you, TJ, don't tell me that. I'm not going up there. Like, that's exactly how this went, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, basically, I saw. So did some you get people, your feelings hurt right there? Uh, you know, not really. I would prefer to be spoken to in a little bit nicer tone. How than about that. your feeling? I didn't mean to make that plural. Maybe he was super hot. <laughs> My and cranky. Oh yeah, that feeling hurt. <laughs> that AC blowing right on his head, I'm sure, was terrible. I mean, that that I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Um, you know what they need to do is take that little thermometer that's inside the car. Yeah, we get it's hot inside the car. Yeah. They need to run a little thermostat up in there on the driver's forehead or something. Let's see what that is. Right. 
You know what I mean? Let's right. see what they really feel. Yeah. Because you know it can be hot in your car, but when you roll the window down and get some air on it, it's manageable. They should show your temps. Like when they go up to the spotter stand, they should show the temp of where you guys are standing. I would love to swap for one for four hours one time. Like I'll go sit in the car with the with the AC on the helmet blowing on me. He can go stand on the roof. But uh, anyway, he yeah. gets he gets really sunburned really yeah, quick so though. He oh, <laughs> yeah. he gets. He, He's like that movie Powder. You remember that movie? You could. Uh, he just you goes can, from white to red. The first time I ever really hung out with Dell Jr. and it was really hot and we were outside. We were in Daytona Beach and it was like 2003. They had that big uh, concert down there for Big E, you know, tribute deal. And it's Alabama, Hootie and the Blowfish, and all these deals. And the Hootie first 30 Blowfish. minutes, we're outside. Dell Jr. going, man, code red, my code red. I got, I'm burning. We got yeah. a nice shade. Yeah, he gets moonburn, man. He goes out at night. He can't even go out at night. Oh but, God. But yeah, so it's my job to tell people, and he wasn't. He was focused on running the bottom, I guess, and didn't want to hear it. So in a very yeah. nice tone and manner, he told me to <laughs> shut up. I've got to be spot on for the fact that the biggest name in the sport, you know, maybe ever, started silly season. I think the question now becomes, you know, who is the number one free agent to take over that ride? And then outside of that, who is the overall number one free agent that we haven't really heard about yet? I mean, I think guys like Eric Amarola and Paul Menard are going to be very big free agents because they have a lot of sponsorship with them. That's very attractive Mm -hmm. to a lot of teams. I don't think that plays into what Rick Hendrick's plan is with with Hendrick Motorsports. But is it William Byron ready? Is Alex Bowman your guy? Are you going to go steal a a Ryan Blaney? Is Carl Edwards was maybe this, you know, some kind of secret plan nobody knew about all along? I mean, all those things are going to come up and I think that's what creates the exciting thing that Jay Ski started you know years and years ago on the internet and made silly season famous really that car will be filled by somebody with some talent yeah there's no doubt I mean right. I don't think it's going to be like you said like um like an Almirola somebody that's got some sponsorship he's going to take that sponsorship go somewhere and get into a, a decent car but I don't think that's what they're looking for there I wouldn't think so so spot on spot off junior motorsports one and two at Richmond then caution for fluid on the surface i'm doing air quotes yeah i'm you know here's the thing junior motorsports is the dominant xfinity series operation right now from a full-time driver standpoint i mean we're we're one two three in points and eight and eight thanks for filling me out i, I knew that with those back-to-back top tens <laughs> your net was closing <laughs> that gap so i certainly and josh works on that program but nonetheless <laughs> we're gonna win the race we're gonna win dash for cash I guess my biggest thing I'm, I'm spot off about is when the yellow comes out, TJ shot me the bird, and I still don't know really what that meant. <laughs> because you didn't have any tires left. I knew it. <laughs> so he's pulling, he ag- old tires. he's pulling against his own family here. I didn't pull against you. I was just happy oh, for me. The yellow comes out, TJ looks down at me, and he does like this. And what he's doing that for is because I'm getting ready to kick his ass, and he knew it. And I hadn't waved at him. I hadn't done the – like there's an old trick we do on the spotter stand. We go <laughs> – like we're really – like you're fishing? I'm not even looked his way because I knew that he knew I was going to kick his ass. So I don't, when the yellow came out, he was like, my ass. Yeah. But anyway, it sucks because I think we had about 12 to 14 laps of racing left. It was going to be a great show. You were going to have two full-time Xfinity drivers racing for the win. We throw the yellow. They and put the no speedy dry down. <laughs> yeah, and the bird. They throw no speedy dry on the racetrack. No one wrecks, and no one's complaining of fluid, and it completely changes the outcome of the race. And, oh, by the way, we tore up about 15 race cars after that, so it became the most expensive yellow of the season outside of what we'll probably see this weekend of Talladega. Are you done yet? I'm done. Can I take my rain boots off? You're, te- yeah. you're flooding me you out You know what here. they say about a bird behind every bird? 
There's no, I don't. Is this a yeah. is this a South Carolina thing? Yeah. I never heard. Everybody, it. <laughs> everybody knows what it means. This listener. So I am. Uh, obviously, it was great to see. I was pretty. I was pretty excited to see um, uh, Kevin's call right there work out pretty good because you know y'all were going to finish probably what fifth, sixth, seventh somewhere in there. We, we were fifth to sixth place. Yeah, car. I was glad to see Kevin. He was the only one that really did it. So I was glad to see somebody, you know, take a stab at it. That's a great call by him. But He's a smart um, guy. What what. So about that yellow flag, there, when that when that guy started smoking, flames actually came off of his car after he was on the apron. But you're gonna like this too. So I was talking to Blaney about it. He came home with us, and he said he was behind that guy. And yep. when it went up, he said he slipped and stuff. Yep. So he was like, oh, he said he went off turn two, and he he slipped, and he was like, whoa, I don't. And he went. He said it went back through there, though, and it wasn't slick. So whatever was down got picked up or whatever, yep. or it was water, which I don't think it was water, but there might have been a. But he said he actually slipped in something. Right. So may have been his hair, <laughs> but what what you don't what you didn't mention also is is the great hair the caution that gave you what caution was that? Man, I don't even remember. We had 15, it was a fourteen car. You know, all I can remember is we had fifteen laps on our tires, and Kevin says, you know, we're going to come in and put tires on, and I'm thinking, man, that's not enough laps. It's, I don't know about this call, and I'm thinking that's why he makes a pile of money, and I <laughs> don't make much at all up here doing this, and uh, yeah, it was. Hell of a call. I just, you know, it was going to be exciting, and it, I guess it still was exciting, and Larson got handed a win. Yeah, well, he did get handed a win. But the caution before that was the one that I think we should be more upset about. The 14 car broke something in the rear end. Right. And turned way low out of four, got way down on the apron, no fluid or nothing, and they they actually threw it for that one. No flames, no nothing. Nothing. And that's, that's the one that gave I, you I, the chance to pit. I think the stage racing, we all envisioned it as <clears> – <throat> This is going to take away some of these, what we perceive to be BS yellows, and we're still seeing a lot of BS yellows. Yeah. So, but I, I don't know. It's I don't. Crazy. I don't blame a yellow for a smoking car. I don't, because if there is fluid and you hit it, then you know if that car blew up or whatever, and you went through there and hit oil or whatever, you'd be yeah. pissed. Yeah, you're just watching. The, I mean, I, I, as a fan, as a person doing TV, you're you have this awesome plot playing out, and now it's it's over. It's oh, trust me, I know the feeling. So I, mean, what I, Justin, I don't agree Justin with the was, yellows. I mean, the 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 three car now he jumps the start supposedly or who was yeah. leader there? You or he him? was the leader, he but was. he yeah he, he went real early. Yeah. yeah. So what uh the yellows I don't like are you know oh there's a rag up by the wall you know if you hit that rag you've already wrecked you know uh, what I mean uh, when they're like yeah and I don't like the yellows where somebody hits the wall and they literally go and right. then they turn off it whoa put it out we need a yellow for that right. no we don't they're fine. But yeah. if there's a if there's a legit smoking car, they're smoking for a reason because something's broke. Right. So, On a positive note, you did win the dash for cash. Yeah, that was great for the. We have a forty plus point lead in the series. It's insane. And people say, you know, the points don't matter. Yeah, they do, yeah, they do. because we get a big bonus going into the playoff if we're leading the points. So yeah. whereas last know. year when you went into the the to, chase, they reset right. the points, and that was yeah. ridiculous. I feel like we could have won it last week too, but we just got trapped on the inside. Right. Hemrick gets two outside lane restarts. He gets to go there, by. There's us. no doubt the hottest driver. There's no doubt that the the most full time Xfinity driver that struggled the most the first few weeks was Justin Algar. It's like he, you know, oh my God, I'm in a race car. What do I do? And now he's got to these short tracks, and he has been on absolute fire. Put a hundred grand in front of this guy, and oh my God, I you know, can't beat man. him. So <laughs> we need to maybe dangle something in front of the car every week or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, just here's a hundred G's, man. Spot on, spot off. Jimmy Johnson collides with Bossman Dale, <laughs> and the tweets start. What happened? Uh, so I looked. Didn't I see, see Jimmy. We were stretching his fuel run. It worked for the thirty-one. Yeah. 
and we just needed a caution, but right. we didn't need to be the caution. Yeah. So we're coming off turn two, and I see Jimmy there, and he's getting ready to blow by us. And right as I look to the left to look down in the corner, I'm like, okay, well, Jimmy's going to get us. I'm going to look up here. I look I look right in the corner of my eye. I see us both, like, smash the wall. I'm like, what the? Did we blow a tire or something? He's right. like, Jimmy just KO'd us or knocked. Like, he just – I mean, uh, everybody's seen the replays, and Jimmy said he had no idea that we were there. But yeah. to me – you know, I, I don't know. Who's Jimmy's spotter? Earl. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Tiga from last week. <laughs> I don't know that – like, it was literally almost wheel to wheel. Like, how do you not see that? Yeah. So, Plus, I, I Jimmy think, is the one passing. Yeah. That's so, what I think is the struggle for me is he, he's caught him. He's we didn't passing sneak up him. there. How do you – I mean, even if your spotter did or didn't tell you, you're, you, you should know you're passing the guy. Yeah, that's he, what I'm saying. You know, and it wasn't like a bumper type thing. It was like, like wheel to wheel almost. Right, like, right. But, hey, we're here. <laughs> like, still here. But after the race, he came right over to all our car. He walked up to me and was like, "Man, I had no idea. I think he was just probably he had just pitted not too long before that, and he yeah. was probably just in the zone trying to get everything he could, and just probably thought we were going to be a lot slower than we so were. So everything's fine between them. Yeah, I mean, it is what here, it is. Here's why I'm spot on for it, because Dell Jr. took and retweeted, or, or he actually tweeted a text message from his mom, Brenda, <laughs> and it said, I thought they put you guys through physicals before you could drive at Hendrick. I'm not sure Jimmy passed the eye test. Please don't get close to him on the, on the road on one of these bicycle adventures. <laughs> I, want. I, mean, I mean, for Dell Jr. to share that, you know, kind of moment with his mom to everybody I think was, was pretty Brenda's cool. Brenda's a riot. There, there's too. no doubt Jimmy and, and Dale are two of the best on the track. It's it's also – He's a great teammate, too. It's also cool to see a seven-time champion screw up like this because yeah. regardless of what he says about his spotter, regardless of what he says he did or didn't see, he screwed up. So, you know, he kind of owned it. And, and, I mean, I think it just goes to show how hard it is to stay this focused inside of a race car when it's hot as hell outside. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's 150 degrees in that car. They're sweating, and and for one second, split second, he lost concentration, and he managed to skip Dell Jr.'s CD, CD. player. I think <laughs> yeah, you know, Jimmy had a lot of those wins that he has. He's had trouble. He has spun out. He has done something and went to the back and came to the front. This guy is, he's the best that I can ever remember watching. Of all the things Jimmy does mistake wise, it's he wrecks a lot on he Fridays does. and Saturdays, finding that edge. And he was the master of wrecking and not hitting anything. And, and I mean, that's just how freaking talented it is. He's finding the edge, and then still when he crosses it, he does, usually doesn't tear his car up here lately. He's, you know, going to some backups. But, you know, nonetheless, won two races in a row. Are you saying we're the master of wrecking and hitting stuff? <laughs> <laughs> this year, yeah. <laughs> What's up? I, apparently we're good at it. <laughs> spot on, spot off. Tire fall off, uh, tire fall off at Richmond. I got to go spot off on this. Yeah, we have tire fall off, but we all fall off to a point and then we stop. So, you know, we start off running a, a time and we lose about five or six tenths over the course of 30 laps and then we level off. So it's like the, the tire fall off is there, but the tire wear is not completely going away, which I would personally want to see. And we have seen it some this year. I mean, the, the harder tires, the newer surfaces is where guys like Dell Jr. have run better. The, the, the places where the tires really wear out is where Clint's run better. So big fan of what they brought to Atlanta, what they brought to Fontana. You know, this wasn't a bad tire, but it certainly could have worn out more. You know, I'm going to go the opposite because I liked the fact that after you got to a certain point, a lot of cars, it was up to the driver at that point. You had to be really, really, you had to use finesse. You had to be on a real fine line. You couldn't make mistakes. You couldn't, 
you you had to get in a really good rhythm. There were a lot of cars that stayed on the lead lap. We restarted in the back twice, and I remember looking back me like, okay, the leader's going to be here soon. Right. And he was half a track behind us. Yeah. And, and it stayed like that. I looked at guys like the 34, the 72 was really – the 13 was running 10th or 12th for a long time. Yeah, first stage. So And he was competitive there. Yeah. So I look at things like that, and I like the fact that we put a, we have tire fall off, which lets guys stay out, which lets guys take two, which changes the strategy. And it also gives those guys a chance to not be so far off the pace at the end of a run, you know. And when the leaders catch them, they got to work pretty hard to get around them. So I liked that tire. Yeah, very cool. I got to say the, the groove itself – Guys could run the bottom. They could run the middle. They could run the, all four tires above the white lines and, and, and both ends. That's That creates good racing. I agree, too. I, I saw Larson and Blaney and us. We were half crawling off the wall on entry. I mean, that's that's Richmond we're talking about. This is supposed to be a short track where we roll around the bottom. And yeah. There's no VHC. There's nothing. And then you got the guys that go in there, like a like a Harvick or somebody that's really good at running the bottom. He'll go in there and just kind of creep. And he'll get that left front to the line and kind of hook it. Yeah, and, and make and he, you know, the short trackers. A lot of them guys can get down there and dig on that and, and make yeah. it work. Like I watched the two car run down there, and he was really good digging. So I mean, how do you grade? How do you grade that short track run we just had? I mean, we did Martinsville, Bristol, Richmond, pretty much back to back. Personally, back. I think it sucked. <laughs> Not for you, but for, uh, for the sport. What do you think about that? I don't know how you could get them tracks much better. We saw guys using the top of the concrete at Martinsville. That that if normally if you get there, you are wrecking. Yeah. We had, we had Kyle Busch and Larson rolling around the top of the concrete. We go to Bristol. We have guys all over the track. We have, you know, there's some guys running the bottom, some guys running the top, and they were both competitive. We go to Richmond. They're in every groove. So I don't know how it gets much better than that, unless yeah. you just want single-file race on the bottom with guys moving each other Do all you day. think they need to be grouped together like they were? I mean, we do that West Coast swing. We do the short track run. And now we kind of obviously do Talladega, and then we go on a mile-and-a-half run. Like, um, do, you, do you think we need to spread them out more? No, I think it's easy. I think it's better for the teams because you work on a lot of the same stuff at those tracks rather than go a mile-and-a-half, go a short track. You go out west, and these short tracks are kind of local too. Yeah. They're local to easy us. Easy to get to. So we go out west, then we come back east, and – and we kind of have a uh, we have a, br- a break in there too. We have a couple of racetracks where you can possibly go home a night or two during the race weekend. Yeah. Um. I think that kind of I think that kind of makes the season a lot more bearable and manageable. But I like as far as a com- a team racing point to have a lot of the short tracks in a row because you can work on your brake package. You can work on it. You know what you're working on rather than okay, put this car here for a week. Let's go get this one out. Let's bring that one back over here. Yeah. Spot on. Spot off. The 300th career start for Joey Logano ends in a win in Richmond. 300. That's a Jeez. lot. Jeez. Yeah, How old is he? He's 26, 27. That's crazy to have 300 starts at 27 years old. Yeah. When the first 150 <laughs> almost ran him out of sport. I mean, people don't realize when he – That's a when he Xfinity left, and when he left, combined. No, that's just cut. Really? Yeah. When okay. he left Gibbs, he was – he had two options. He was either going to get picked up by Penske, and, and there was a question as to who they were going to pick to drive that car. Hornish was in consideration. Elliott was actually in conversation there too. And and it was like, okay, Logano, if he doesn't get that cup ride, his only other option was to run a full Xfinity Series at JGR. So he was going to go from a full-time cup driver at JGR to a full-time Xfinity driver just because the opportunities weren't there. And for whatever reason, this guy for his first 150 starts, he was a million ways to run 20th. And then since he got the Penske, he set the world on fire. So what he said is, Gibbs isn't the place for me. The support they gave me wasn't the place for me. I'm actually as good as everybody thought I was because Mark Martin named him Sliced Bread. This guy's the next best thing since Sliced Bread. Turns out he's right. Spot on. Joe Logano's killing it. 
Yeah, it took him a while to get there. You're right. Sometimes you just work better other places. And I think uh, I think Brad had a lot to do with getting him over there as far as, like, they wanted a teammate he thought he could work with really good. And yeah. I, those two guys work good together. And and uh, it would have been interesting to have about four or five more laps yesterday to see what would have happened right there. But I think they would have put on a really good race still. But um, that the ending of that race, I mean, I thought it was good. Roger Penske's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. He, he what he's done with these two guys that he has is he's let other people develop them. You know, Hendrick developed Brad Keselowski. He came up through JRM. Junior Motorsports made him a champion. And then Penske come over and said, oh, I'll take this guy. Same deal. JGR spends all this money developing Joey Logano, getting him experience. He's only 22, 23 years old with a lot of cup experience. They go in and go, I'll take this guy. And then, boom, they're making it work. So it's uh, it's it's been pretty cool to watch. I mean, when you look at – what Penske went through for some years with a struggle with, um, you know, Kurt Busch yeah, and Kurt and, and AJ Allmendinger doing Sam. doing whatever he did and and Sam doing, doing whatever. whatever That's did. a lot of wrecked Sam. race cars. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Dale Junior's got a woods full of them. Yeah, so, that's true. I mean, it, to to see where they're at now. I mean, they had a one-two finish in IndyCar, I read, and a one-two finish in NASCAR. Roger Penske and TJ will will tell you this. He comes on the roof probably at half the races, and he comes around to every single one of us, and he shakes all of our hands, and he asks how we're doing, and he has a genuine conversation with you. This is an 80-year-old billionaire. He doesn't have to be nice to anybody, and he's nice as hell to us. He's not, yeah. He's he's one of the guys that you you like seeing on the roof, and he, he just goes out of his way to make – to make you feel like he really cares and and, and knows you, but he uh, and he's having fun too. He's I got see- a yacht that it takes thirty thousand dollars to put gas. I used in to it. work for Roger Penske. You did? What you yeah. do? Yeah, I worked in the truck leasing office when oh. people when their rental trucks would break down during the summer in college. Yeah. They'd call me and I'd have to help them because <laughs> my sister was an accountant there. Wow. You know what I but think was, would be like, fun? It's a really it's a good place to work. He's you really know what rich. I think is fun? I watch a lot him. of money. God. Do you watch IndyCar races once in a while? Yeah, man, I love it. So I love. I think There's it's top awesome. ten Mike Lynette right Mike there. Mike Lynette's here. I think. I think it's awesome to see Roger and them calling them races at the IndyCar races. He's at. He's on her. Yeah. You need more wing. Okay, you're pitting this lap. Like he's just having fun. Yeah. Like he. I mean, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I, I want to call an IndyCar race. <laughs> I can't keep up with those cars. They're going 196 miles. I heard an hour that. I heard that guy saying the like. Like in the corner, they're doing like. We might as well go down here to the <laughs> yeah, local. They're going two hundred on straightaway. Go to the local funeral home, get a coffin, and put four tires on it, and let's just see how fast we can go. That can't be safe. It's a Pinewood Derby. It doesn't look Not that fast on TV. One hundred ninety-six is fast. <laughs> Average lap time. Not top speed. Do you guys know any spotters in Indy? Yeah. Yeah. They're not as good as we are. No. <laughs> they don't have to be. They don't pass. They don't. They don't have the traffic complicated. It's not as complex as what we do. The strategy there is on the engineer and, and the race strategist. It's not on the spotter. The race strategist. Now, when they ran Michigan, holy cow. Texas. Now you need a spotter. But the majority of their races, I mean, no offense to those guys. and I don't know if they got a problem with it. They can come find <laughs> me. Air an opportunity between us. But it's just not as hard as what we do. Just just Mike Harmon and Aaron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, before we go to break, we can finally talk about the live door bumper clear at Whiskey River down in the epicenter in Uptown Charlotte on May 18th at 7 p.m. We can announce our guest, right? Yes. It is going to be a cluster. It is. <laughs> yes. And Clint you... Boyer will be joining us uh. at Whiskey River live on May 18th at 7, and there's a Tim Duggar concert to follow, so you guys all got to come see us. It and hurts, don't it? I like that song by Duggar. <laughs> so he's only going to be there for like half the time, realistically, because he's going to not pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And I'm so excited you're going to ride the bull, Kristen. 
backwards. That so has backwards not been, yeah. with a white wet t-shirt on. <laughs> so tweet <laughs> us happening. at Dirty Mo Radio using the hashtag. That's happening, Mike Davis. We've already cut this BBC deal. BBC at it's Whiskey done. River for your chance to win Kristen. appetizers, meals, and a VIP experience from Whiskey River, which is a private area and a bottle of liquor. Of I choice. gave her one shot of tequila in here, Mike, and she passed out on the couch. So just imagine what's going <laughs> to yeah. happen after it was three. It was like you left it out on the spotter stand at Richmond. Hey, also, oh. you said you would buy a shot for everyone. That I came. will. As long as JR it's- makes some dollar shots, he can pour them really small. <laughs> I think you're going to be great on the bull. Uh, I think you're going to do great, too. Listen, I'm not 100% on this. Yeah, right? you are. I was, my balance was tough yesterday. On our I'll bet if we board. asked all our viewers if they wanted you to ride the bull, they would so all say yes. So you can find us at Twitter or our <laughs> the Facebook page. And if you want We're on the bowl. a private dance with TJ. <laughs> God, I just threw up. <laughs> uh, but y'all need bowl. to come see us. We'll be doing Door Bumper Clear live with Clint Boyer as our special guest on May 18th, For 7 p.m. Don't be a loser. Come see us. Holla. Holla. Right. One Main Financial is the largest consumer finance company in the United States, and it dates back over 100 years. TJ, I did not know that, but I did know that if you were in need of a loan and your finances have taken a turn, One Main can help. So race down to the closest One Main branch and get back on track. You know that with more than 1,700 locations, there is bound to be one near you. There's actually one really close to us where we're at right now. So find your closest one main at onemainfinancial.com. Lending made personal. If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan. Fast lane. All right, we're going into fast lane. I'm going to give TJ and Brett a topic to debate, and I'm going to alternate who responds first. Each will get 30 seconds to voice their opinion, and whoever responded first will get a 30-second rebuttal. Y'all ready? TJ, you're going first. Okay. Both the Xfinity and Cup races had long green flag runs during the first two stages. Did you expect to see a little more action than there was during the first two stages? Um, I thought the action was both pretty good. You had guys that were trying to get to the front. You had a couple guys that were really fast starting the back. The race winner in the Cup Series started in the back. Um, I didn't, uh, I thought the racing was great. I thought I liked the long runs. Um, uh, I liked the action. The first stage had a yellow round lap 40 and we had a lot of guys like Dale Jr. Uh, come to get tires. And then we had a really long run to end the stage and it helped those guys get in position to get bonus points. I don't think the crew chiefs thought that they would see that long of a run, to end stage one, I think they anticipated more cautions. But I, I, to TJ's point, I actually agree with him. I think that all of the stages and ultimately at the end of the race played out well. You know, we had a caution. That first caution in the cup race was really early. Yeah. It was only, what, maybe eight or nine, ten laps in or something. It was early, early yeah. because yeah. we pitted from ninth. Yeah. And I was like, With oh. a pretty good car. With a good car. And we restarted like 27th or something like that or 30th, something like that. And we yeah. got back to about ninth. And I thought that's pretty neat. The commitment square to enter pit road was a hot button subject yesterday in Richmond. Thoughts on it? Should there be a cone, Brett? No. Well, what is the point? The, the the commitment line, the cone, they don't change racing for the better. They don't. It doesn't make a difference. You either get on pit road and you're able to make pit road speed, or you're not. If this were a thing where I said, "Man, this is going to make the pit crew safer." I would be all for it, but it's not. It's so far before the first pit stall, it's completely irrelevant. You either make pit road or you don't. This thing changes nothing about the value of racing. And Brett's just mad because he got busted and almost boned me in my pick, which really made me mad when that happened. But 
This is something they said they've been going to enforce for about 10 years now, but never really got enforced because there wasn't a cone there. And they picked yesterday to start on it pretty hot and heavy. So, I mean, I, I, I'm if they're going to do this, they need to stick with it, though. It needs to happen every time somebody clips that box on these tracks. That does, you can't let one – can't nail all these guys and let the rest get away with it. If you're going to do it, put the cone out there. That way they hit the cone. They send it across the racetrack. Now you got a reason for a yellow versus all these rags laying around that we throw yellows for. This line and this cone make zero points in, in terms of whether the racing is any good or not any good. It's stupid. Do away with it. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. picked up a top five finish at Richmond. Is this team starting to turn the corner to finishing better, TJ? Uh, I think this was Ricky Stenhouse. As I could have told you, this would have been his chance to shine at the beginning of the season. He's been good at the short tracks. They found some stuff there. Uh, this this is his strong point. Now we're getting ready to go back. And honestly, I could see him having a somewhat solid run at Talladega too. He's been pretty good at plate tracks. But I think once we get back to the mile and a half, we'll see him fade a little bit again. Ricky Stenhouse made a huge error on the first run. He, he was one of the guys running high. He got into the wall really hard in three and four. By the time he finished the race – his car was destroyed. His splitter was screwed up. He had all sorts of damage. I mean, the car, the whole front clip's junk. The reason he finished up here is because of Brian Patty. He's one of the best at calling the races. Yeah, Ricky drove the car, but without Brian Patty, this guy finishes three laps down. I will give Ricky credit this year, too. He is searching in practice hard. He's moving around like a Larson. It's kind of like it's taken him a little while to get to this point, but now I think he's watched Kyle a little bit, and he's actually moving around quite a bit in practice looking for speed. So, um, hope you know. We'll see if he can keep it up. I don't, I think the mile and a half he's going to struggle. Is this how Ricky spells his name? R I C K E Y, like Mickey Mouse. Josh, <laughs> sorry, is this real? <laughs> he didn't even add the junior either. Really phone it and in today. And this is two weeks in a row. Is this the Ricky <laughs> Stenhouse podcast now? That's two weeks in a row. Hey guys, just continue <laughs> on with the show. R I C K E Y M O U S E. Are you a closet Stenhouse fan? Yeah, <laughs> he is. We are still very early in the season, but Ooh. who is your sleeper pick right now to make the playoffs? Brett? Josh Stenhouse. <laughs> We're still early. Who is my sleeper pick? My sleeper, you're going to laugh, man. It's Dale Jr. I mean, there is no way this guy doesn't make the playoffs without a win. I think there are a lot of places coming up he can win. I think one of them, obviously, is Talladega this weekend. The other ones are coming up. They're Michigan and some of those. So the pressure is now on T.J. Greg Ives, the 88 team, to win a race. They, there's no way they make up enough points between now and Richmond to, to make it any other way. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we've had a lot of bad luck. And I mean, we could get on a hot streak and still and still get back to that point. You don't have to get defensive. The question is, who's your sleeper pick? <laughs> Shh, let me finish. <laughs> we do have a lot of tracks we can win at. My sleeper pick is going to be, oh, boy. You know, I'm going to go with uh, – Oh, hang on. This is painful. <laughs> One this second, like please. He's got to look at the whole list. No, I know who it's going to be. I just – the sleeper pick. How much time do you get, Kristen? Greg Alding. Oh, You know, man. I'm going to go with Landon Castle. You're done. Brett. Uh, if it's not Dale Jr., I, I got to go with an Austin Dillon. I think he showed a lot of speed early. You know, Slugger wasn't there this weekend, and I felt like it hurt there. Their, their opportunity to finish well. He started last in the race. I, I think your two sleepers are, are Dale Jr. and Austin Dillon. Yeah, I'm going to go with somebody that's going to get a win just out of kind of like a busher type deal. Yeah. The off-the-wall topic, what is your dream vacation spot? Oh, I'm in this one. Kristen, I, where shall you take What us? is your dream? What are we wearing? 
<laughs> I really need a beach. <laughs> really? I thought you picked that Harry Potter town. Oh my gosh, you're right. I completely forgot because no one has taken me to is Harry Potter real, World in Universal life? Studios. Oh, real life. Okay, Alan, this is your shout-out right here. <laughs> this is where she wants to go. No. You already it's have just, the wand. You just yeah, haven't I do. gotten to use it. I did bring that. No, wow. I'd really like to go. I love Europe. I spent a lot of time there in high school and college. Um, and European? I like history. European? European? I guarantee you will be after this show. What are you doing, Josh? <laughs> European? Yeah, Josh, where are you going? Uh, probably Maldives. Oh, I thought he was saying Russia. Where the hell is that at? <laughs> like Indian Ocean. Oh, it is? Yeah. <laughs> I was in the wrong ocean. How do you get there? You fly a long Maldives? time. Maldives? I like to go to Australia Those sometime. are like where the huts are on the water, and they're all connected by little ramps Is that like stuff? Maldives nuts? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maldives is like the um, your, the original screensaver for like Windows when it's just that yeah. the water and the white sand. Yeah, where are you going, doll? You know, my Buffalo. dream. Yeah. <laughs> go to Buffalo Bills game. Um. I really want to go to uh, to Iceland. Yeah. I want to go to Iceland. That sounds awesome. There's no ice. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, you know, a lot of green there. Yeah, it's actually green. So there's a couple towns. There's is no it, way there's hot chicks in Iceland. Have you ever heard of uh, is there? Is it sure Reykjavik or sure whatever it is? You know like that town? Huh? Reykjavik or whatever? Reykjavik. Yeah, I want to go there. Reykjavik? Whatever it you is. You don't pronounce the J. I don't ever go there. <laughs> So the Jays are silent. Excuse Osh. me. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, Osh. Producer Osh. I'm so Osh. I would like to go there. Myrtle Beach. That's where I'm going. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're Dirty Myrtle. Myrtle Waves. Hell yeah. Myrtle Waves. <laughs> Dirty Myrtle. So Myrtle Pond. The, the Dirtle. Y'all can have all these exotic places. Just give me Myrtle Beach. Mine wasn't exotic. Mine Mine's was not Harry exotic. Yeah. Mine's not exotic. Josh Iceland, is the exotic one over here. I don't even know where the, you know, these things are. I don't even know where they're at. <laughs> Jeez, the Dirty man. Myrtle. The Dirtle. I love it. I went to Myrtle Beach in December because we it. won. Yeah. When we won in Kentucky, it was a visit Myrtle Beach. You remember all those uh, in the, that story about like all those restaurants and bars <laughs> that were not open? <laughs> that was us. There was like four places open. Yes, yeah, because you were in off season. Yeah, yeah, but it was nice. You had the whole place to yourself. Yeah. It's fun. Brett, did you ever go down there as a uh, teenager cruise the strip? Dude, when I went down <laughs> there, we had the magic attic. You went in the magic attic and you wore those overhauls with no shirt on. The magic. And you went in there and you break danced. <laughs> And uh, the, the Magic Attic, somebody is listening to this right now, and they know what the Magic Attic is. It was oh, phenomenal. Nothing better in life than the Magic Attic at Myrtle Beach. God. The Magic Attic. Wow. <laughs> We're going into hashtag AskDBC because I don't want to hear any more about the Magic Attic. I just can't pick Attic. a dream vacation spot because how do you pick a dream vacation spot you've never, never been, been to? Never been to. I know. I get it. Because that's a gamble. question. Right? Like, I really want to go on this catamaran deal. I mean, I'm gambling. I'm going to Iceland. <laughs> That doesn't even sound right. Like British Virgin hey. Islands, a catamaran sounds phenomenal based on every, what everybody else has told yeah. me. But what if I don't like? Because I went on a cruise, and I've never hurricane. been more miserable in my life than being on a cruise ship. Really? Oh my god! That's because you're stuck on there. Here's where you're gonna Especially eat. Especially if they're. Here's how you're gonna dress. Here's what time you gotta show up. I mean, I like. We're gonna the... get to this really fun spot, and you can only stay six hours. And when <laughs> it gets really wild, you gotta get back on the boat and leave. Like, stop it! I'm on vacation. I, didn't I like liked it. the Disney cruise. They were pretty fun. Well, Jeez. that might be all right, but that's not. That's Good. different. That's for the kids. Have you been on a cruise? I have. I was on the big red boat when I was like 10. The, it's the Disney one around. They go around the Bahamas and then you're yeah. at Disney for three days. Mm-hmm. Well, that's different. It was good f- as a kid. But I, like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I I w- I've been on two Disney cruises in the last probably five years, and I would go on as an adult without I didn't see my parents kids. for three weird. days. Well, they have, they have adult zones just, or whatever and pubs and stuff. watch list. <laughs> 
It didn't pop up on my watch. <laughs> watch out for this. They are guy. good cruises. Go. This guy about five, and seven, they have tons of kids himself. programming, so you don't even have to see your kids if you don't want to. Like they take your kids, and no. there's like different now, events. My four-year-old jump off the boat. I'm gonna keep an eye on my Boaty. kid on a boat. <laughs> no, that's a bad. I see. I don't even like the way he doesn't. This. He doesn't know. They got. See, listen. They got. A, they got a kid zone where you check your kid in, and yeah. it's 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 not out on the edge. They're not allowed. To, like they're not Leonardo DiCaprio off right. in front of the boat or something here. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yes. They are completely. They watched. put a wristband on them. They know exactly where they are. Yep. And there's no adults in there. Tracking device. They, they Do you know the number one scanner. and two ways that people kill their their newly found lovers? I don't. Is they this up. take them on a cruise and knock them off the boat, <laughs> or they go scuba diving. I'm not going cruising and I'm not going scuba diving with you <laughs> because you need oxygen to live, and if you get underwater and you can't have oxygen, you die. Well, really, I'm not overly worried about that. So, but they can tell you where your kid is. So, if your wife pushes you off, she'll know where your kid is at least. <laughs> <laughs> she'll find your kid. So, that roll does, tide went what? Does the tracking bracelet work in the water? Like, if you no. take off? <laughs> what do that boat's running twenty miles? And I'm, you're left behind. You're going. Yeah. What's that scene in the movie where she says bye to Jack? When she yeah. I'll never let go, Jack. Yeah, she I'll never let go. go, but I'm letting go and I'm dunking your ass. You're dying right now. Watch Did you ever I, see there was this, someone made a meme of all the different ways Jack could have laid on that door with her? Yeah. But she was like a stupid <laughs> like, just let him go. <laughs> That's got to be awesome. I want to yeah. see it. I'll, I'll find it. It's Send hilarious. It the worst line of that movie is Jack. The water's so cold. Like, like he is laying in the water. Yeah. You think he don't know that? Yeah, yeah. he's got ice around his. Yeah. yeah. How do you think he felt when he got below the belt there? You ever got in a cold pool? Yeah. That's ice water. Yeah. Jeez. He's freezing to death. She's Rose. She's yeah. so rude. It's this. Like, it's all the different ways they could have laid on that boat together and he could have survived. That is too funny. Oh, my God. Classic. And they're oh, playing man. cards in one of them. <laughs> No, I'm just not a cruise ship guy. I mean, I, I would. I'm a boat guy. I love boats, I but the whole cruise ship experience. You should take your kids on the Disney cruise, man, and you should call my wife to do it. She'll book. Isn't it, for it you. expensive for a family of five? Uh, I, I mean, just go to Myrtle Beach. You hundred dollars yeah. of fuel. And we're there. <laughs> I mean, it is. I dress up like Donald Duck. <laughs> They don't know the difference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go to Myrtle now, Waves. Yeah. Now you're on a watch it. list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and TJ will go on a Disney cruise. I'll wear an outfit as oh. a character, and he'll just walk around being TJ. You know, that's a, you know what we should do? Tell we us. should have a door bumper clear cruise. Like the NASCAR deal. On my pontoon boat. Way better. <laughs> yeah, on my pontoon boat. We're gonna have eight people that register for this. We should thing. get on that Na- <laughs> we should get on the um we should get on the NASCAR cruise. They don't they do one every year? Yes, they did the first one was this year and you can't. Dale get Jr. Me on that. went. See? <laughs> yeah, you had to fly well, Dale Jr. flew to Key West yeah, to do an to, appearance. To do he an appearance. He didn't ever really get on the boat. <laughs> nah. They also um I remember they had, like, Yeah, they had a limo come Rough life. Like and the the music acts were like um Tim Duggar? No, boy. Was, <laughs> Sonny Ledford. Sonny Ledford. I love Myrtle Beach. Uh, right now, if you're listening to the show, Google Sonny Ledford, I love Myrtle Beach. It's the best song ever released. We actually listened to like five Sonny Ledford songs last night. We listened to like five of them last night in the basement. He, he cusses a lot. So he does. Same old thing, yo. It's good. All right, I'll check it out. Yep. You need to. At Roll Tide Win asks, Brett, how do you feel about the car owner on the radio giving advice such as which groove to run? Do you care since he's the boss? Man, I actually text back and forth with Tony after one of the races this year, and, and I told him I valued what he has to say for input. 
you know, whether it's practice or whether it's the race. So, you know, it, it's not one of those things where Tony is inserting himself because he's the owner. He actually said, I don't want to be on the radio if it's if it's bothering anything. So for me, you know, to be able to have a, a relationship with Tony and, and to be able to learn from Tony Stewart, it only helps me as a spotter. I mean, he's one of the best race car drivers to ever live. So, no, man, there's absolutely nothing – negative in this for me when when a guy like tony comes over the radio unfortunately he comes over channel two more than he does channel one you know because there's certainly some things he can help clint with too but no man i value it i think tj will you know uh, agree with what i'm saying yeah sure and i've heard he's really good on the xfinity side as well with cole and that i heard and i've heard cole spotter say it many times man it's really cool to have him on the radio yeah i mean even going back to you know, my first deal was with the Wood Brothers, and Eddie Wood was on the radio a lot. And then, you know, I got the Yates. Robert Yates was on the radio. Ray Evernham's been on the radio. Richard Childress, you know, Tony Stewart. It's awesome to, to grow up a fan of the sport and to be now working in the sport and, and to be able to have that experience. I mean, when Michael Waltrip, even a couple of years ago, when he would come over the radio, he's a guy I spotted for. He was a guy I did PR for in 1999. So I value their experience. I can tell you this, though. There are some guys, the technical guys, that don't want to hear what they have to say because they think time has passed them by. And I think that's a pretty ignorant approach to to what they provide as a resource. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think they're great to have. There, there are certain situations where I don't think they should chime in on, like when things are getting heated and all that, or if they want to come in, like, hey, just keep your cool here. Um, but I don't know how you would want a guy like, like Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, Dale Jr. How would you not want one of them that have done this for a long time? At Travis the underscore forty eight asks, "Why is he naked?" The Sonny Ledford. Let's listen to Hot Start. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. You gotta get out the old edit button, bud. You know what's funny though? Josh is in a good mood today, so he doesn't care. Yeah, Josh doesn't give Look a. I've never today. seen him smiling. The back to back top tens. <laughs> Can mm-hmm. we say <laughs> I said it twice. I said it like 10 seconds. Say before Can't say what? Josh had to beep himself last week. <laughs> he did. That was the first. <laughs> he said, I'm going to get one. Sorry, we got distracted. All right. Should NASCAR do a senior series like the PGA has to bring back in old f- – whatever. Should NASCAR do a senior series like the PGA does? That might be the dumbest thing you've ever read. <laughs> Should I read the fan who they wrote They tried it? to do this at Bristol, and they about killed three of them, didn't they? Didn't they have like Oh, yeah, that was a bad one. That's your boy. The old-timer event, yeah. right? And Travis, that was, uh, that was real bad. Travis, this is a bad idea. Maybe they, like an all-star race I mean, once a year. I mean, they about killed three of them. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he got loose off of uh, two and just got completely doored. What yeah. about making them eligible for the all-star race once we find a good format? You know, I, I agree that this – Man, it's so hard because we do have guys like Rick Mass who came to the track this weekend that we all adore, and I think it bridges a gap between some of the older fans and some of the newer fans. I think we need to figure out ways to do it. Unfortunately, I think this is extremely dangerous. <laughs> the Bristol late model thing proved that. I can't remember which driver it was, but, I mean, he got severely injured, could have died. They had, I, to, I, they had to cut him out. I, I do think, and hopefully people don't view me as a feminist for saying this, but I would really love to see a female-only series – that gave some of these females an opportunity to race each other. And and the reason I say that is because when I look at 
you know, Dale Jr. and I look at Elliot Sadler and I look at these guys that started racing at five and six years old, most females don't start at that age. They don't get into it until they're a teenager. So they're already 10 years behind on experience and they're getting into these heavy cars that require a lot of strength. I mean, when you look at Danica, very competitive at Indianapolis in an Indy car, you know, ran top five, took the lead. She's running 225 miles an hour, but that's a much easier car to drive from a manhandle it standpoint. I mean, I know the irony of that word sounds weird, but I would really love to see some female events. I mean, when you look at what MMA has done, when you look at what WWE has done in terms of when you look at girls softball, I mean, beach girls, beach volleyball, like I think, there could potentially be some affinity to it. I don't know how you do it and position it and sell it, but I mean, you know, I, I follow some folks on Twitter who are female race car drivers just for the sense of, I want to see what they're doing. I mean, Carson, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're in a man's sport. They're even more so in a man's world. So I would like to see them isolated out to see if there's an opportunity to build a fan base around it. Even if it's a shorter race before the big race. Yeah. Something like a, I don't know. I mean, that, that might be a good idea, but you know what? He almost said I had a good idea, and he stopped. Uh, good idea. <laughs> good idea. Say get, out of his mouth. So you're going to have somebody dominate that. What happens then? I don't know. You know, I, I think I, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it looks like. I just know when we have the female race in the Legends cars at Charlotte, a lot of people get excited about that. And and I personally love to see females have equal opportunity. But I also don't want to see them at a disadvantage. I mean, we've got, you know, females who want to play football. Well, you know what? I play football. Good luck with that because we're going to beat the shit out of you. And it's not because you're female. It's because you're not capable of playing football to the level that a male can play football. And I'm not saying they can't race at the level with the males, but I just would like to see it isolated to see if it got any marketing thing around it to make. Or what do you think about it? What team just contracted a female punter? Was it pro? Wasn't it pro? What? My only problem with that is what happens when you they shower. get past the <laughs> the defensive line and she has the ball and she's fumbled it. Right. Yeah. I'll she tell you is going happen. to get killed. She is. But what do you think about it? I mean, really? No, I think it's a great idea. I think the idea of having it before the actual main event is great. And I do uh, agree that women are at a disadvantage um, to men in in a stock car, race car. I mean, just upper body strength alone. I mean, I think Johanna Long was the most developed female stock car driver that I've ever seen come along. She never got an equipment that gave her an opportunity to be competitive. Yes, she ran top ten at places like Richmond, which TJ talked about last week. If you're going to show up and have a chance, it's going to be at a short track. And, and, you know, and she's more talented than a lot of females who made it a lot further. But unfortunately, she didn't have the opportunities. If we had that all-female league and she was one of the three or four that actually had talent, I think to TJ's point, you know, what happens when they dominate? Well, I don't, I don't think they dominate because I think if you put the tools around them, you get to see which ones have talent which ones don't. And I don't know that, the, uh, that their goal ever needs to be to – running the cup series, you know, because if we can develop what MMA and WWE and I mean, we're still in sports entertainment, regardless of what you think. I personally love to watch women's soccer and I despise watching men's soccer, you know, like I enjoy watching girls softball and I don't watch a lot of college baseball. I I mean, because I I enjoy watching the sport, you know, so I don't know. I think it's an interesting idea. Um. Uh, At two, three, one, Matthew asks if you had one more race to watch, Dale race, what would your pick be between the fall Talladega, the fall Richmond, or the fall Charlotte? So Matthew's going to go to one of these three races, TJ. Which one are you going to help your driver do better at? Because that's the one he needs to go to. <laughs> Man, I would go to the fall Talladega. Be my pick. I agree. It's a good one. In the playoff. 
It's his last race at Talladega, potentially, certainly in a cup car. Mm-hmm. I'd go to there. Be a good one. Halloween weekend's close around there sometime. Talladega. Freaks come out at night. They do. At and it's built on an Indian burial ground, so you got to go. Uh, R. Smith 168 asks, do you think, can we expect to see NASCAR at a fourth manufacturer in the near future? I sure hope so. I think it's going to happen. I hope so. Nissan. Just kidding. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I mean, when you, when you look at Roush, man, they've certainly steered their ship. They went from running in the middle. Did you say steer their they, ship? Oh. I shit my pants. That Target <laughs> ad, I love that ad. You ever seen that, Josh? I shit my, my pants. I shit my pants. I shit my pants. I shit my It's funny. <laughs> ship. That's funny. Ship. That was a good commercial. Anyway, I, I think teams like Richard Childress, Richard Petty, Roush, I think I think they could be very attractive to a new manufacturer. And, you know, the thing is you got to have an engine program. Childress has an engine program. You know, Petty doesn't. Um, so I, I think I think that makes, you know, like Roush. Roush Yates, well, what does that mean? Well, Roush can certainly – he's capable of doing an engine program. He did it for years. So I think that's the big kicker, don't you? I mean, where are you going to get your power plant from? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that, you got to have a motor. Got to have motor. Um, yeah, I, I, I really think – I really believe we'll have another manufacturer soon, though. But you, you got to have a motor, though. Yeah. I had an interesting conversation with some folks uh, this weekend at, at Richmond who set up on the Midway, and they do some sales. And I'm not going to say exactly which business it is. But they're really struggling with Richmond being a day race because when it was a night race, they had those people walking around that Midway for hours upon hours on Saturday because we would go in – uh, on, on Saturday, and we would work um, – on Friday, rather, and we would work as spotters from 9 a.m. until 11 p.m. So there were fans mulling around there buying stuff. Now we went in, you know, for a few hours. So I, I think that when you look at some of these tracks models and you say, you know, what works, what doesn't work, well, from a retail standpoint, that day race is kicking this vendor's butt. So, like, we as teams a lot of times go, man, that was great. You know, it worked for us. But when you look at these some of these track models – that's going to hurt some of those track sponsorship deals because that, that that particular company won't be able to come back and say, I'm going to stay here because just the retail angle changed. And then i got to think Fanatics is in that same boat. You know, they had less hours to sell merchandise. Yeah. Um, and that's going to matter. You know, it, it, this is a really <coughs> complex model we live in. What about would you trade less souvenir sales for better racing? Well, we would say absolutely. You know, and, and I think from a fan base standpoint, you have to say absolutely – I mean, if you have some of these heavy pl- – I mean, the reality is 20% of the drivers are doing 80% of the business. Yeah, so so you're looking at seven to eight drivers are doing 80% of the business in that souvenir area. Yeah. They may have a different perspective I think on it. it hurt when we got rid of the trailers because that was something that the people love. Culture. <clears throat> That's That was – I'm not going to lie. One of the first NASCAR races I ever went to, when I saw the souvenir rigs, I was like, wow. There was like Christmas, man. It was like, yeah. there they are. I see the, the tent now, and I'm like – Oh, great. It's just a different culture. I mean, one of our NASCAR executives went to a PGA event, and it was the Masters, and he liked the way they did their merchandise model, and he bid it out the the way the NASCAR piece was going to work, and this is what they came back with. But um, I'm a big fan of the souvenir merch haulers. Yeah. I've also heard they might be returning. Yes, that is a rumor in the rumor mill. Yeah. It's also better for sponsors. It's another hauler going down the road every weekend from yeah, race I think race it's just better more. for the people man you get to you're going to have experience you know it's no. just something about seeing those rigs lined up at the track and people just walking to them and it's through cool. them and yeah yeah 
Do you guys have anything to rant about today? Um, Actually, I'd like to do a shameless plug. We um, wanted both spotters yesterday, or we wanted both spotters tomorrow on Fox Sports is off track at four o'clock yes. with Caitlin, Vincy, and me. Yes. But there is a test tomorrow, and Brett will be there. TJ should be there, but he it will be at court in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we snagged TJ. That'll be at four o'clock with Caitlin, Vincent, Vincy, and hopefully we can get Brett on sooner. It's gonna be awesome. I love that show. I watch you guys. It's great. You're sweet. Thank you. I'm so looking yeah. forward. Do we do makeup? Do I need makeup? I'll what do your makeup. Doing? Okay. I'm gonna cool. shave your neck. Sweet. <laughs> All right, Please. you guys got a rant, or was that about the caution? Um, you know, my rant would be we have to have more. We need better Xfinity rate. We need better. We need the Xfinity races to be called better. We don't have we. This short track stretch has done nothing but show me every time we ha- we hear this hold the one to go. I can't tell you how many times we've heard it in the last three weeks. I'm tired of hearing the hold the one to go. The call one to go when we hear it in our ear, it means we're going green. Yes. And what TJ's saying is they're saying, well, no, we're not going green. Hang on a minute. Just there's not – there is simply not enough time at Bristol, Martinsville, and Richmond to have cars pit, some stay out, have wave arounds, get all that handled and lined up correctly. And these are line-sensitive racetracks. We, you want to be in a certain line that you deserve, and if someone's in that line you should be in, it's not right. We should just double up with the two to go, give NASCAR an extra lap and a half to get the field set right, and then go green. And the ending of that Xfinity race, I had no idea what was going on. Right. I heard I heard put it out coming out of turn four. I did not see a yellow flag. I saw a white flag, right. and we're still racing. Right. Don't know. So I don't know what's going on. Right. Justin asked me, are we still going? I'm like, dude, I don't know. Just race them. I don't care. Whatever. We'll go to the trailer if we got to. What TJ's really getting to is we're running entirely too many laps under yellow. We're running more laps under yellow than what we should have to run. And it's because the organized chaos that is the race, the individual managing all of that can't make it run smoothly. So we're having to run more laps under yellow as a result. I counted at Bristol during Xfinity race about 20 laps that I thought we ran under yellow that we shouldn't have ran. And if we get it more organized, on Sunday we don't do that. The guy who runs the race on Sunday did a better job. All TJ's really asking for from this is that the fans get more green flag racing. What was that comment you made in the Xfinity race that it's the first time you've ever seen um, drivers not be able to line up correctly the first time? Was that at the start of the race? Well, what I don't remember when what, that was. What, what's happening is this: the, the front row was rookies. It was Daniel Hemrick, right? And the 20, Kyle and Benjamin. The, the Benjamin kid. So we're behind the pace car, and they're a full straightaway off the pace car. So oh, I, don't, I know. I that don't, was, that, that's what it was. I had no idea what they were doing. I'm like, all right, well, pace car's a pit road speed. He's at half a track in front of you. In, but my, in my 20 years of watching racing, I've never seen the front row be a straightaway behind the pace car, and I just made the comment of, what the hell are these idiots doing? <laughs> I guess it's because they're rookies, and maybe, I don't know. Wake up. I, I think one was scared to pull up without the other one, so we were like, oh, you go first. No, you go first. No, you <laughs> no, go you first. Go. Well, when we took the green, the 20 act like he didn't want to go green, so maybe well, it was Yeah, him. he did act like he didn't want to go he green. Was... We were all looking at each other like, hello, we're going to catch Hello's up. Fly. What are we going to do? Fly. Like, and Pace one, car's in. You're 30 from the mark. <laughs> yeah, and once again, the guy calling the race hasn't said anything, so we're just – I don't know. It was, But the whole yeah. thing was baffling. I mean, TJ makes a really good point in his rant, so. I mean, that, that, that put it out, I turn four, and then we take the white flag. We had to put it out to four. That means we're still racing. Yeah. We didn't cross that line back there. It's confusing. It is. So, in the hashtag DBC picks, TJ actually didn't suck this week, and he, he, he beat Brett barely. I was in a weird spot. He picked my driver, so I couldn't pick somebody. And you picked Chris Boucher. Yeah, so if, I was like, if I'm going to pick somebody to beat my guy, that's going to be weird during the race. I'm going to be cheering against my yeah. guy. So, so, I didn't do that. So, Whatever I took the dark horse. Do. And I'm telling you, with two to go is when Clint passed him. 
So it almost whatever you gotta do to justify your suckiness here. <laughs> the, the underdog Brett is still kicking your ass six the, to three. The, so. uh, the underdog oh, almost pulled it out. Which I've I was never that. cheering for the underdog. I, I've went with the underdog a couple times. I mean I whooped you with Brendan gone. Yeah. You gone. You have. So I'm, we're going into Talladega. You guys got to pick your winners, and TJ, don't take forever. I get to pick first. Yep. I know. And you're going to pick my dude, too. You. I'm going to have to go out on a limb here. And uh, the only risk with, with this pick is whether or not his spotter is up to the task. Because lately, they have been wrecking a lot in these plate races. <laughs> so it's time for Dale Jr. Oh, to be, so now you're trying to turn it back on to me. To be the man at Talladega, we're going to rename it Deladega when he wins this damn thing. And I'm going to get another winning pick. Yeah, we're going to win in the fall. Seven now. to three. Here we so, go. I I don't know if I want. <laughs> you I, take forever. I don't know this if I want to use this guy yet. Use him. I mean, you, you went out. You went with a big shot here. So do I go to church? Do I bring out the big guns here, or what do I do? Uh-huh. I mean, you know what? I'm probably not going to pick him again this year. So I'll go ahead and take McMurray. Oh. Mr. Change Lanes a lot, Jamie McMurray. <laughs> if you don't That's hook his, his <laughs> if you don't hook his ass, he might win. You damn right. There you go. Michael Annette is in the house. Michael, who do you have to win the cup race at Dega? Yeah, you just pick for the winner. Martin Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr. Jr. You, you fantasy heard players heard it here first. Toyotas, man, they're not what they were. Hadn't heard a lot of them this year. It's crazy. Change right, fast. Thanks to One Main for sponsoring the podcast and Exalta, of course, for sponsoring the studio and all of Junior Motorsports' digital properties. And thank you, Kristen, for in the future riding that bull. <laughs> I'm not getting on that damn You thing. ain't getting on the bull. Whiskey River, May 18th. We're out. That's right. See ya. Holla. Bye. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one Junior Motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 